Welcome to SheEO.World, a podcast about redesigning the world. This is a special episode recorded live at the first ever SheEO Global Summit, hosted in Toronto, Canada on March 9th and 10th, 2020. The SheEO Global Summit was a two-day conference that gathered hundreds of people in support of the theme, Reorganize.World. What does this mean? Collectively, we have everything we need to make positive change. We took action together at Global Summit and continued working on the world's to-do list in a variety of sessions. Over the two-day conference, guests participated in keynote presentations, wisdom sessions, and get-to-action workshops, all centered around what we can do to reorganize our resources, systems, and structures to create a better world with CEO Ventures and Activators leading the way. This session is called Activators, Stories of Transformation and features a diverse panel of powerful voices. Recorded live on the Wisdom Room stage, this panel discussion was moderated by MJ Ryan, one of the leads of CEO's Guided Development Program. MJ Ryan has served as a coach to executives and entrepreneurs around the world for the past 18 years. Previously, she was the lead of a women's leadership development pilot at Microsoft and one of the founding coaches of The Power of Self, a year-long women's leadership development program. Our panelists include Alessandra Lariu, consults as a brand experience director for some of London's most promising brands. She is a former executive creative director at the global strategy and design firm, Frog Design. In 2012, she was in Fast Company's League of Extraordinary Women with 60 other accomplished leaders like Hillary Clinton and Oprah Winfrey. Tracy Gray is the founder and managing partner of the 22 Fund, an impact growth equity firm. Tracy is also the founder of the nonprofit We Are Enough, whose only mission is to educate all women on how and why to invest in women-owned for-profit businesses or with a gender lens. Please enjoy this compelling conversation and listen to CEO activators share how their lives have changed through their activator journey. Here it is, introducing Activators, Stories of Transformation. Let's welcome our moderator, MJ Ryan, to the stage. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, My name is MJ Ryan. I use the pronouns she and hers. And I am the um, coach for the ventures um, in CEO. And so I have the privilege of working um, with the people over the first year to witness their transformation as leaders and support that. And so I'm, I'm delighted today to be hosting a panel about transformation. Um, And this is, so I I have to read this. Welcome to the wisdom stage. This is a wisdom session, part of the Mindset World Track. This wisdom session is called Activators, Stories of Transformation, and will host a panel of diverse, powerful voices. So this afternoon we have two amazing activators. Unfortunately, Kathy Bennett could not be with us today, but when you meet these other women, you're going to be so excited and we'll have a a chance for more Q&A. Okay? I don't like having my back to you all. 
we have to figure that out. Okay, so um, I'd like to introduce you to Alexander Lariu, who consults as a brand experience director for some of London's most promising brands. She is a former executive creative director at the global strategy and design firm Frog Design. And in 2012, she was in Fast Company's League of Extraordinary Women with 60 other accomplished leaders like Hillary Clinton and Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Woo! And we also have the, uh, the amazing Tracy Gray with us, who is the founder and managing partner of the 22 Fund, an impact growth equity firm. Tracy is also founder of the nonprofit We Are Enough, whose mission is to ex educate all women on how and why to invest in women-owned for-profit or with a gender lens. So welcome to the stage. So when we started to think about um, what we were going to do in terms of the mindset track, uh, we start, I start, you know, I'm fascinated and have written a lot about the human capacity to change, to transform. To me, if we didn't have the ability to change, why would we be wanting to be around? <laughs> it's like the capacity that we have to say, here's who I am now, here's how I would like to be, and actually make that happen imperfectly, but powerfully. And so I'm very excited to be here with the two of you to talk about, about your journey in terms of that. Your, your conscious evolution is what I call it, the conscious evolution of the self. Um, and I would like us to all, as we are listening to this and hearing us talk and asking questions, to please, 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 awareness without judgment, this is not a chance for you to beat yourself up. Okay, to say, oh, I haven't changed enough, and I'm not I'm bad at change. This is really just to say, huh, okay, how do I might want, how would I like to grow, and where would I like to transform, and what is interesting to me about what they're doing, okay? So be kind to yourself as, as we have this conversation, please. All right, Tracy, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about how you think about this, your personal journey, about uh, what happened. Um, so I don't usually think about my personal journey because I kind of have, um, like, what I like to say is, uh, you know when a dog sees a squirrel? That's me in my career. I'm like, let me go over here. So I, I just, I love change because I get a little bored. And so I never really think about my personal journey, um, especially when you're, you know, all of us are trying to do system change. You don't think, we don't take the time to really think about what's happening to us. And I think we probably should. But um, you know, I started as an engineer in, on the space shuttle program. So when people make things friggin' complicated, and I say it's not rocket science, because I was one, <laughs> it kind of shuts them down. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I've always been the only pretty much at everything I do. So you can imagine being a black woman engineer. There, I didn't see anyone else really like me. I got into the music industry. 
because I was bored with engineering, and um, I was on the rock side of the music industry, so you can imagine there wasn't a lot of people like me. And then I got into venture capital um, <laughs> in 1999, and I was the only woman professional. It was me and the girls on the admin staff. And, um, but I loved it. Like, I was like, what? I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the word venture capital. I didn't know the word startup, none of that. But I just loved it. And it's probably because I have ADD and I got to you know, touch different companies. But I really liked the creative side of people creating new things and then growing them really fast. What I didn't like was that not only did I see no one that looked like me, I didn't see even men of color. You know, I didn't see, at this time, you know, right now you see more Asian, of peop the people of color that you see are Asian. You didn't even see that. We were giving $2 million checks to white dudes with an idea. No business model, nothing. I mean, we literally, in one meeting, a guy came in, who I ended up dating, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> a, guy, a guy came in, he said, I have this business. We said, that business sucks, but if you did this little thing with that business and changed it to this little business, we'll give you $2 million. And of course he says, okay, I'm going to do that. And so I just didn't feel like that was fair. Because, um, you know, injustice is really what drives me. I like if something, and it's, it's, it's fairness, but it's also just not logical to me. If you're an engineer, you want logic. And if if women are 51% of the population and there's more people of color in the world but they're not getting capital and they do, their businesses are better, it makes zero sense to me. So it wasn't until, am I going on too long? But we have a little more time than we, okay. Um, uh, when I did a TED talk, TEDx talk in 2015 and I was doing the research for it, I thought, oh, it's gonna be about me being the only black person in everything I do. But then I saw the numbers around women, and it was more how much money we controlled and how little we invested. And so if you don't know, um, women, 90%, 85% of our money goes back to our communities and to our families, and men, it's 35%. So what the hell are they doing with the rest of their money, right? Don't want to think about it, but I bet they are investing and making more money. And as you've heard from everybody, a lot of people, that the path to changing the world is through women. But we aren't making more money. So I started, after doing that, I started We Are Enough. And all we do is educate women at every economic level, whether you have $25 or $25 million, whether you have a piggy bank or own a bank. We show you how to invest in women-owned businesses with a gender lens. Now, the transformation as being an activator, see how I'm going to do this? Because I wasn't sure I was going to do that. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, Delilah Panio, if you didn't hear her fabulous speech right before we came here, and her fabulous dress, I don't know if she's in here now, but like this hot pink dress is amazing. Um, she was the activator in Los Angeles, and she was telling me about this thing, CEO, and you give $1,000, and then there's no... There's no interest. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> how, am I, how am I supposed to make money off of that? I, you know, I was like, why are you, we always telling women not to make money? We can give things away. And then she, and then uh, Vicky came and I was like, you're wrong. You need to make a return. What are you doing? I can't, you know, I was just complaining. I can be rather, rather judgmental. 
And then I heard Vicky speak, I heard Delilah speak, and you know, tears are coming on my eyes, and I'm like, this is what we need to do. We need to, we need to start where women are. And one way the starter drug is CEO, and it gets you there. So, and I'm not one of those really active activators. It's just I'm not one of I'm an extroverted introvert. So like lots of group of people doing things together gets me a little I don't know what it does, but it does something. Um, but I I support I've supported it since the first year. And matter of fact, the first year. I was, I'm, was raising my fund. I didn't even have the $1,000 to give, and I was sponsored. And so after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it every year. And I've done it every year, and it really has changed me. Um, just Vicki herself and what she's doing and the possibility of just blowing up an entire system that now is in five countries. And so I don't know if I even answered your question. How have you changed as a result of the journey you just told us? Well, I'm, so I'm also a Buddhist. I'm the most judgmental Buddhist you're ever going to meet. <laughs> and the most impatient Buddhist. Well, um, I rival you. <laughs> okay. um, but it's just, you know, I, I, was, I was raised around men. My professional career was all men. And I did everything like a man. Like, everything I did. And so... For as much as I like change, for someone pulling me out of my man, you know, this like very, what's the word for opposite of feminism? I can't like, masculine, masculine can't think of that word. Um, I was very masculine mm -hmm. and, and everything I did. And then, then I understood how much power there is in feminism and being a, you know, a woman. Like there's so much more power. I mean, we, we spit human out, you know. You know, we, we give birth. The people are coming out of us. That's how much power we have. <laughs> and so that was, it, it's really made me be more open-minded about change, changes to the financial system. I still fight it a little bit because, you know, I fight a little bit, but I'm, I truly believe now I'm to a place where I don't want to be invited to their table I don't want to be on a highway, another lane on their highway. I want to be that hovercraft over creating a whole new system. And if you listen to Joy Anderson today, she was talking about you know, who created the system. This system was created by white men, and it's working really, really well for them. They have zero incentive to change. So it really is up to us, especially women of color. Like if you, if you white women think you have it bad, I mean, even on dating apps, I am at the bottom of the least, I'm the least desirable demographic on Tinder. I mean, that's how bad it is for women of color, everything we do, right? So, I don't know. That's what my turn. Thank you. With Alexander, let's hear from you. I was going to compete. You. I was going to go, you know what's even bad? Latin, <laughs> Latin American women. <laughs> Pay gap, the, the, the pay gap on that is extraordinary. It's like 55% in the US. But anyways, I'm Ali. I'm originally from Brazil. Uh, and there are, there are two times in my life where there are big stories of transformation. But I, I think it all started with the jungle. So I grew up in the Amazon jungle. So you guys can show me snakes and spiders anytime. Uh, also, a great skill to have is to learn a venom snake, a, a, a snake that is poisonous from one that's not. I can teach you guys. It's super simple. Uh, but again, like I think, like Tracy, we have this in common. I think, I guess, disruption is really being on my DNA. Like since day one, especially when music 
I decided to be a goth in Brazil. I mean, what a stupid idea, right? You're in the Rio de Janeiro, it's like 42 degrees out there, and you're wearing black, your makeup is running. I mean, come on. But I just love the kick of it. I just love the kick of being completely different. You know, and just like saying, F everybody. But in a good way, in a soft way, I am a soft anarchist. Um, so, so um, then I got a scholarship from the Brazilian government uh, to uh, do an MA uh, in, in the UK. And uh, I've lived in the UK, I lived in Brazil, UK, States, and now back in the UK, and I'm an activator in London. Um, so when I got there, I actually started, you were an engineer, I started um, coding. I, uh, my first job was as a coder, and I had to like fight with someone at Apple Computer because I discovered a bug that no one knew about, and it was like, oh, you're too clever for a girl. I'm like, F you, and I made them give me a new computer, but anyways. Um, from day one again, um, I was the only woman coder, then the only woman creative director in the room. And, and like you, I was, I, was, um, I was someone I didn't want to be. I was put in a leadership position, and my, my leadership style was completely different from who I was, and it was crushing me, like crushing me. Um, I, did men, I did make grown-up men cry because I was being such a bitch about everything. But, um, but I cried too afterwards, you know, I, I, it wasn't me, I wasn't who I, the leader I wanted to be, so I was, this, this has to change. Um, I have to be allowed to have my own perspective and I need to be allowed to be the leader I want to be and the managers I want to be. So um, with my co-founder, Laura jo Jordan Bambach, I started this organization called She Says, um, that is now a global organization, it's about 55,000 of us creative women, women in the creative industry across the world. And we do free events and free mentorships in about 53 countries. Um, and um, we started because, again, it was always Laura and I, me and Laura, when we're like judging awards or judging creative awards or speaking in panels. So, so we started because we wanted to do something completely different than whatever existed. In the time, in 2007, there were a couple of women's groups out there, and they were like what I call power suits, like, you know, very expensive to be a member of, uh, and also people didn't have a say. And we wanted to create the opposite of that, like, you, uh, it's free, and you build what the community needs to be. Like, you tell us what events you want, and she says it's what you build. So, uh, Vicky sent me a note the other day, and I'm like, uh, she says it's a holacracy, which I just realized, like, oh, this is a new term, and we've been that all along. But the first transformation is, the first transformation was that. The first transformation was about, we need new perspectives. It cannot just be one perspective. This is, this is insane. It's just like playing the same music for a hundred years. Uh, and all you can listen to is like one song, you know, like you just get either bored or crazy. You know, and I was kind of going crazy. Um, so, so the second story of transformation came um, with CEO, because uh, with she says it's been great. Like we are very bottom up, um, and I think that you need that. You know, for women in leadership, we need bottom up and top down approach, not just one, but both. But um, I got introduced to CEO, and, and the, trans the story of transformation was kind of hilarious. I can kind of almost timeline it because. I learned about it, I talked to, I, I've been to an event, and then I spent two weeks going, what the F, like, exactly like you were like, what the F? So you don't get anything back, because I work in the innovation space, 
and I work with a, tons of VCs, so I know that world, right? So I was just doing brand growth, brand strategy, product innovation. So I was like, what? You don't get a return? And then I start asking people, asking my friends, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then uh, a lot. So I remember this very, the very day when I asked the last person, and it was a friend of mine, and he said, oh, is it like a pyramid scheme then? And I'm like, ah! <laughs> And then what happened then is I got a massive migraine. And oh, I forgot to say, I've been speaking to Vicky all day that day. And then, he say, and then he says that. And then I get a massive migraine, go home, have the worst like, time to, my, a migraine of my life, throw up. <laughs> and then I decided that's it. That's something else that needs to happen, like throwing up and all that. But this is, I need to activate. And, and I think. Um, and I think that was a catalyst for a bunch of other things. Uh, I've not only activated, but also I, because I think the transformation, when it happened, it, it kind of hit deep. So um, I, I activated, I actually joined Extinction Rebellion. If there's any Londoners here, I'm the, I'm the Wandsworth crew, like helping get people out of prison because they got arrested for protesting in the streets. Um, so. And uh, I also kind of changed my consumer habits quite a bit. I changed my bank. Uh, I changed the way we look at, like, the, what, yeah, what we, what we buy at home. I've changed a bunch of things, and it kind of all started because of that. And I guess if if um, if the transformation, if she says, was like, I need to know who I am. Now that I know who I am, I think with she always like, I want a ripple effect of that. And I think the cool thing about she is that. I, I, if I activate, I help another woman who help five other thousand women or, or men in the world, right? So if the first story was like a personal transformation, this is like a rollout of the transformation, you know, if you like, and there's a ripple effect of that. Uh, so this is long story. Uh, we can talk about snakes later. <laughs> Thank you, Alexandra. Um, when I, as I listen to the both of you, you strike me as extremely gutsy women, right? You talk about, you know, being fearless, being a goth in the jungle in Brazil, and you, you know, like, I'm going to be the one no matter what, you know, even though there's nobody else like me. Um, and so one of the things that, when I work with ventures, a lot of what we're doing is, wor is working on them owning their greatness. And people, they always say things, not all, but many, say things like, you know, I, I lack self-confidence or, I, you know, I, I have an imposter syndrome. Um, what would you say would be your advice to people like that, to women in that situation? Well, I mean, we, we can't start with fear and scarcity, right? That's what we're going through right now. The economy, everything that's happening, the coronavirus, it's starting at a place of fear. And I actually have a tattoo that... It's abaya, and it's um, Sanskrit for non-fear. Because to remind myself, because it's so easy to go into that fear place, because it's more comfortable to be fearful, because then we have an excuse to not do what we want to do. Right? And, um, and I have it all. It's, you know, you just, it's just so scary. And, but you have to think about, it sounds cliche, but start with that place of abundance. Think about what good could happen first. It's a mindset shift. I mean, that's the foundation of Buddhism, is to mindfully shift, because that person inside our head talking to us, us all the time about how horrible we are, how we're not good at what we do, we just can't listen. We gotta flip the script. 
So, I mean, but I even, <clears throat> from a CEO point of view, you know, when I, I have an investment fund, um, the 22 fund, and we invest in companies to increase their export capacity, but the DNA of the fund is to um, have, it's an impact fund and we want to create jobs in underserved communities and we intentionally target women and people of color. Now, no one's ever done this strategy before. Mm -hmm. And every day I'm afraid because it's really hard to raise money. I'm using my savings and everything, and I'm always like why, beating myself, why are you doing this? And now my mother's ill, and so I have to use my money to help her. And I'm like, oh, you put all your money at risk. Now you need, you know, all these things that go through her head. But I think about never going to have the change we want to see. And what I, another transformation story with CEO is through my fund, you know, I do the due diligence in the way a man does. It's all numbers. I'm an you know, engineer, and I'm looking at all numbers. And I remember the first year we were choosing the ventures, and you know, I was like, what's their business model? How big is the market? All the things that we do. And then Vicky's like, oh, no, just feel it. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> feel what? You know? <laughs> and so the first year, nothing I chose was chosen. And then I was like, these women, what are they picking? You know? Then the uh, second year, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to feel it and, <laughs> and see what appeals to my heart, right? And, now, and I did it again this year, and more of the companies that I <laughs> felt with my heart are chosen. But not only do that, they're doing well. So once again, I'm always like, oh, Vicky's always right, damn it. Um, but that was one of the things. And so I think that was a fear-based model when it just... Just choosing the ventures, I was going, I have to do the numbers. I got these numbers have to work. But it's scary to follow our heart and our intuition. But that's what women do best. So it's crazy that we don't use that superpower that we have over men um, more than we should. So. Thank you. And what do you, any other thoughts? Um, yeah, I, um, I think I, I'm with you. I, I like to be scared at least once a week. Um, and, and I kind of get a kick out of it um, because you're out of your comfort zone. The, I can talk about the negative and the positive of that. The negative, I guess, what I really felt, um, uh, it was that it's kind of very lonely sometimes. You know, and I think everybody should, feels that. Like if you're trying to change things and going against the flow, it feels very lonely. Many times I felt like, yeah, it's just, mm, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's me, you know, but uh, I think like you, like the, 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 the positive side of that, I think is when you, when you get a little bump, it's like exponentially, it happens exponentially. Like so when you, when you meet someone from Shio or when you meet another person that believes and validates on you, uh, validates you, then I think that kind of just kind of takes you up amazing places that you never thought you were going to be. And I think that's what Shio does. You know, is that things that exponentially uh, brings us validation, offers us a new perspective. Um, yeah, I think validation is probably, like I would say, like the biggest thing that, um, that I see uh, Shio bringing to other women, the, the community. You know, the people said before, like the idea of sisterhood, and I think that is a lot of that, you know. Thank you. Um, so I'm feeling like it's time to open up the conversation. Yeah, people sitting with questions, and we have wonderful mic runners who are gonna, gonna questions, comments, 
Um, so, Jenny down here. <laughs> oh, okay, hi there. I'm not allowed to hold it. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to share with everything something that Tracy has said to me before, and she said that the reason why she activates is because she would like to live in a future where CEO is um, unnecessary because it is the financial model. Would you like to talk a bit about that, Trace? Because that's such a great, huge way of thinking. Well, you know, it's just the change I want to see. Um, Delilah and I, when we talk about we are enough, we want to put ourselves out of business, right? We don't want, I don't want a nonprofit, frankly. But I, I have it because I saw a problem. But how, I, it's 2020, and we're still talking about women get 2% of the venture capital in the world, even though our businesses are more successful. Or women of color get less than get 1%. If you're brown, if you're Latinx, you get less than 0.1%. If you're African-American woman in the United States, you get 0.006% of venture capital. Um, a rounding error. You know, there's been 35 women black women who have raised over a million dollars, and I don't want to celebrate that anymore. Like, that's a good, you know, why am I, why are we celebrating that? So I just don't, and I'm tired. It's just like exhausting, you know, <laughs> fighting this all the time. And in my brain, when it's just illogical, I'm like, I don't know if you guys might be too young for Dr. Spock, but from, I don't know, oh, there was new movies, so there's kids, they understand Dr. Spock. And he was like, it doesn't make sense. And that's how I feel. It doesn't make sense. And so, you know, just I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> One of the things that I'm thinking about as you're speaking, both of you, um, is and ties to this, which is how, where do you get the momentum to overcome your fear, do it anyway, even though you're afraid every day, as you said, this connection to purpose the higher purpose of what you're doing, the meaning of what you're doing. I think the more we connect to that, then the more it gives us the fuel that even though we're afraid, we can, the, 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 our, what we're trying to accomplish matters more than our fear, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, someone else, question, comment? We got the two o'clock crew. Come on. That's the hard crew because that's like when No the one has anything, oh great, someone over here. Hi, thanks. This has been great. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what scares you and then what you do when you get scared. So the where does the specific fear come from? Correct. Other than... Like, I don't mean existential. I mean actual day-to-day. -day. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm a mother. Like all mothers, we are like the darkest people in the planet. Yes. Um, yeah. we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, they, they were, and I guess that's what, jo what made me join Extinction Rebellion, actually, so I am, like Suzanne, I'm super, super, like, what, what happened on the transformation was three times of mindset change, right, the abundance, like, knowing everything is here, um, the second one is, like, it's stupid that, you know, like, money is going to the pockets of a few people, and it's called currency because it's flow. And the third is urgency. So I think what Extinction Rebellion happened, uh, what Extinction Rebellion gave to me was a sense of urgency, that there is no more waiting for us to kind of do something to fix the planet. We have to do it now, and we're already late. Um, so I, I worry a lot about that. Like, even... 
it was one of the reasons why I activate Shield, but I activate that. I think about that all the time. Like, how are we going to fix this? It's a little bit existential, right? But hey, um, how are we going to fix this? Like, yeah, I think especially in the US, I don't see as much urgency, I'm afraid to say. Um, in, the, in, the, in Europe, I see a little bit more urgency, but I do think a lot about even with investing, like, why are we, or anything finance, like all my friends are like, oh, we're putting money on the kids' savings account. I'm like, why are you putting money on a savings account that is going to be stuck there, like giving you almost nothing? And, you know, and giving you almost nothing, and it's like on the, on the big bank, so it goes to the pockets of the 1%. So I'd rather put 1,000, uh, uh, 1,100, dollars, yeah, and like something that is going to change, like, the planet. Because if I'm going to put the money there, if there's going to be a planet for us to live in, you know, so that makes no sense that money is stuck. We have to keep money in flow to kind of, to help. So I, I worry about that quite a bit. I worry about the future of like all these kids, not my kids, but even like the other, the next generation, the next generation, and the next generation. So I do a lot of things based on that. So I, I try to act on a lot of things that are about that. One of the things that I, I get such a privileged position to work with ventures for the first year, the people that you choose, I get to work with. and. The fact that they're doing these really, you know, transformative things um, in the world is what gives me hope. When I, if I start to tr fall into despair, which I can do easily, uh, living in the United States, um, and uh, um, I, rem I remember that we are all supporting these people who are really, really doing you know, game-changing things. And that you can see the impact, because yes. I think that's really important. Because if you want to change and you don't see impact, then you're like, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> but if you can see, and I think you can see the impact with Shio much more than she says. Sorry, there's a bunch of she's, but um, much more than you can see what people are doing. Um, what scares me is I, I really feel like there's a, a compassion crisis in, especially in the United States, but I see it happening more in the world, where we're not putting ourselves in the shoes of the other, and instead we're using fear of the other to drive us. So, it, and that scares me on a personal level and for the world. Um, I, I had as a quote by I think her name is Rebecca Solnick. Is that okay? Everyone knows who she is, and I just discovered. I but know. but uh, she's an author, um, and she said. Um, Hope is a decision, not a feeling. So we decide whether we have hope or not, whether we're afraid. And that goes back to you know mindfulness and Buddhism. It's it's a mindset shift. So whenever I get afraid, you know, for me it's financial because I keep putting money, 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 you know, just throwing it out the door, you know, that's so why I get fearful of it, but then I'm like, okay, you know why you're doing this. There's an end game, you know the change, and maybe I won't see it in my lifetime or during my professional time, but I have to hope that it's gonna happen. Yeah, beautiful. Someone else had their hand up over right near you. Yeah, right, yeah, there you go. Hi, LA. <laughs> um, 
I'm from a small town in Newfoundland, and Tracy, you said something that was interesting, that women give back to their communities and their families more than men. You said, like, only 35% of men do that. I feel this weight as a woman and starting an entrepreneurial journey of a responsibility to the place where I am and the people who are immediately around me, and yet I have ambitions to grow a global company. Can you guys... And, I'd just like to hear from all of you on just how to manage that tension of having an impact where we are while you know still trying to be the next unicorn. Well, for me, I, we can't help ourselves and do this, right? So it's actually the hard part is fighting what is naturally in you, which is what we do. We spend a lot of energy going through that conversation you're having, when really, as women, we're the caretakers of the world, right? And so we need to embrace that and know that it's not mutually exclusive to be a successful woman and then care about people, right? I don't know why people think, I mean, men have somehow bifurcated the two, but we don't need to do that. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but I, you know, just, I have, and I'm saying this to myself, I have to embrace what is organic to me, which is I want to see a better world. I want it to be fair. I want kids not to be hungry. You know, I don't want homeless people. And then I find the little place that I can do that. And women start impact in businesses 1.17 times more than men. So we're already putting it together, right? And then the millennials want to do that even more so once again, men, the country, the world are following what women have naturally in us. So don't fight it. Just do it. That, that is a super difficult question for me. Like deep, deep, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Because as far as I managed to get in my own country in Brazil was to launch She Says There and get more women in top leadership positions. But I'm... I was just thinking about this today, that this is like with the current idiot president that we have. That is Welcome just club. not enough. I know, we're like the, <laughs> the idiot president's club. But oh my gosh. We are. I, and Brexit as well, God. Like, it, yeah, anyways. Um, I, I was just this morning thinking about how can I kick up a fuss about this stupid president that we have in Brazil. Like, I'm just, I'm, I've been trying to think about just that. Because I think even though I have given a lot to women, I have not given enough to, like, I've, I've personally mentored 98 women in 12 years. Um, I, have, I don't think I've, got, I've given enough women where I come from uh, to Brazil. And even the people that I used to play with when I was a little kid, living in the Amazon, which is the Brazilian indigenous peoples, like the Anomami tribes. Um, I need to work on that, is my answer to your question. <laughs> so, yeah. Other people, is anyone over here? Yeah. Mike, people. <laughs> this is so much more fun not to, like, to hear you guys instead of yeah. sitting here yeah. chit-chatting. <laughs> I've got a fairly loud voice, but that's a lot better in a room this size. Thank you. Um, 
I'm a new activator this year. I've got quite a lot of experience both in corporate finance and in entrepreneurial finance and building a company. Um, and a little like you from an engineering standpoint with a finance background, you know, um, I looked at the numbers, and one of the things that intrigues me as a new activator is that we've got a tremendous number of diverse companies that have been funded by GEO today, and they're all successful. And that goes against every business <laughs> statistic about yeah. how many fail. Yeah. Yeah. So as a new activator, I'm super excited about what GEO is doing, but I'd like a little bit of insight into that transformation of why is GEO so successful at bringing on not only women-led businesses, but successful ones, successful in impact, successful in bottom line? Yeah. Um, well, part of the program is that it's a year-long, one-on-one mentorship, guiding, coaching, both from a personal transformation point of view, all the... At, all the way up to the, your actual business issues. So, and not only are you surrounded with this person who is by your side, but there's, you're surrounded by all of these women and all the other women that were in that room and all the thousands of women who aren't here right now. And we actually call on you. So when I have a conversation with a venture and they need something, they need to understand entrepreneurial finance, I find you and I ask you to help them. Or they find you and they ask you to help them. So it is not, it's, it's not a top-down kind of a program. It's really about, in the moment, what's the emerging need and how do we connect the women in the community who can offer that, to, that need. And I think being surrounded by that, which fundamentally, I believe, is being surrounded by love. And that's what is different. I, I also, I think it's... Um, these women are allowed to bring their, not to sound cliche again, but their whole authentic self to the job. You know, male CEOs feel like they have to not have the soft skills, right? And they need them badly, desperately, you know? And so, and, and these women are allowed to bring, talk about, you know, I'm having problems at home with my child. How am I supposed to do my job? Do my job? Well, you bring that to the space and it's safe to do so. So if you're able, and any, you know, if we think about anywhere we are where we're allowed to be our true selves, we thrive, we do better, we feel more confident, right? But if you have to go to something and you have to pretend you're something else, how are you supposed to be creative and feel confident when you're, you know, that imposter syndrome that we have? So I, CEO, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, they, this big pot of money the ventures decide who gets how much. Now, of course, I, when I heard that, I'm like, just split it up evenly. But that's not, it doesn't, not everyone needs the same amount of money, and these women decide that. That right there is radical. Oh, and that was another thing, that radical generosity name. I was like, Vicky, come on. That's so stupid. And then I'm like, she talks about it, and I start crying again, and I'm not to tear up now about it, but um, yeah. <laughs> so, let's another question. Maybe a question for Alexandra. Oh no, can oh, be. I'm like, okay. I saw lots of hands over here. <laughs> oh, you're next. We Hi. probably have time for both. Go. <laughs> Who's going? 
to go first. Okay, sorry. Um, so, hi, my name is Julia. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your stories. I have a question around, um, I guess, change management. So, change management, obviously, there's a personal transformation that has to go on first before you're able to go out in the world and give your gift. Uh, how do you guys approach, or gals, sorry, approach change management when it comes to your day-to-day -day interaction with people that are maybe not on the same self-aware journey as you are? A little bit of give and take, a little bit of empathy, try and understand their perspective, but a little bit of subtext on what I'm trying to push in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's kind of, yeah, it, it, it goes uh, both ways, but it's, um, it's really hard because nobody, like, as Tracy said, nobody likes change. Um, I think what needs to happen first is kind of, you know, like just sitting with it for a bit. I, I, I know that because I felt that every time, like I had to sit with it for a little bit. It's not going to happen, boom, overnight. Um, so I think you have to plant the seed and let people sit with it for a bit and then start planting more seeds and more seeds and more seeds. And I, I guess... I guess this is very, um, it's not really theoretical. Like, I think, try it and, and, and see where you get to. Um, but just, just, just know that, um, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. Even though there, I do think, like, uh, there is a sense of urgency in a few things. Like, so if your area is climate change, I think, <laughs> don't wait. <laughs> like, go all in. But, um, but depending on what, which area, I think just like let people sit with it for a little bit. I also, um, so I go between, I have zero internal editor. So when people, when I want change oh, to happen, yeah, I'm just like, just do it, you know, and, and I will comment on the need for the change. But also I'm trying to learn how to um, meet people where they are and to speak to them in a way they can hear. Because I spend a lot of time telling old white men why they're, bad and wrong and everything, you know, and, and they're not hearing me. They're just getting defensive, right? And then they're shutting down, oh, it's Tracy with her diversity and inclusion stuff. So now I'm trying to learn, like, how do I meet these? Because a lot of them have, they, have, they want to be different. They want to not be the bad guy, you know? And so I'm trying to figure out myself, how do I meet them where they are, use language that they can hear even if I'm sitting there judging them inside, you know, I still have to sit with it and um, respond instead of react. Right? I have to take a breath, sit with it, think about who they are, how they're going to hear it. It's hard. I don't, I'm not yeah, that successful, really but um, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, we have one more person who was chosen over here. Where, where are you? And then that'll be it, unfortunately. Hi there, my name is Shannon. I, um, I just wanted to know really quickly if you had in your experience certain metrics or um, sort of KPIs that you're evaluating to know whether or not you're having an impact. Okay, there you go. Wanted to know what KPIs and what metrics we should be evaluating to know that we're, we're making, we're moving the dial. Um, what has been your experience when you're, as an investor, um, within some of the organizations and ventures that you're helping, how do you know that we're, we're on the right track? What should we all be paying attention to? Well, yeah. Go for it. I 
we're not on the right track, <laughs> frankly. So there are all the measurements, and to me, and the KPIs that we would naturally think of should be moving forward when we have, well, for just from a woman's perspective, when we have more women coming, creating business faster than any, than men, and the fastest are black women, at least in the U.S., um, yet the numbers, I entered venture capital 20 years ago, 1999, 10% of the women were venture capitalists, we were getting 3% of the capital, and now it went down. So my measurement is that is impossible organically for those numbers to go down when all women, when women are coming in faster. So I don't, I actually don't know, and if you have any ideas about, if anyone here has ideas about, oh, you're waving because that big zero is telling me to shut up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, and I would love to hear from people. There's yeah. impact measurements at, at different places, but the, the structure has these barriers and the structural, the numbers are just staying there, are stubbornly staying there and going down. I don't have an answer. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so thank you. Um, and I wish we could continue this conversation. I look at all of you in the room, but um, I... You know, I hope you were inspired by these two amazing uh, women. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a special episode of SheEO.World, a podcast about redesigning the world, a SheEO Global Summit edition.